0: This is Musically Reclined. This is a very laid-back music podcast that doesn't take itself or anything too seriously. Uh, I'm Ben. And uh, I am Kevin. We are a music podcast that reviews albums, or talks about albums, off of an ever-updating 100-album list, and at the end of each episode, we will... Randomly roll two numbers and let you know what we'll be talking about in the next episode. So, as the inaugural episode, we had to do this without letting anybody know. And it came up that we would be talking about the Battle of Los Angeles by Rage Against the Machine. And there will be Nights When I'm Lonely by Possessed by Paul James. Very different. Yeah, extremely different. Uh, Very different tastes, but also a lot of overlap between us. So uh, that's kind of, should be a general Uh theme throughout. So jumping right into it, Battle of Los Angeles. First off, like, what got you, this was your album on the list, what got you into Rage Against a Machine real quick?
1: I think, I mean, Jesus, real quick. uh, It it was just kind of that, um, it, it came out, I listened to it, you know, after it came out, um, like, way after it came out by, like, many years, but it was just one of those things, it was honestly the furthest into the mainstream that a lot of my music uh, taste was uh, growing up, so, um, you know, like, the early thousands, when this was, like, very prolific, especially during, like, the Bush era, um, yeah. it was, like, you know, obviously. Again, without like going really into it, but I mean, testify, Gorilla Radio, calm like a bomb, Mike, Jack, sleep down the fire, like those are really seminal entries in a like, kind of a young millennials' uh, idea of what sort of protest rock or protest metal is. It it, it set a lot of um, flags for this style of music. Now, obviously, like this is probably the most prolific as far as like a mainstream thing is so that's probably why it reached me first but i mean not to suggest that rage against the machine is the only kind of thing but just that was it was like a heavy angry kind of thing and you know when you don't really have a lot of problems growing up in the suburbs yeah uh, this is uh (laughs) this is what you want to listen to to kind of give you an idea of what's going on outside
0: yeah of course you're just like sitting there like Mm -hmm. man if i was in la right yeah right you know, uh, that's one thing that I noticed because I did look up some of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, unfortunately for, for my album, half the lyrics are missing, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I did notice that, that, like, yeah, there are some lines in it that are like dated, like they talk about gore and, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, some other people and whatnot. So it's a little bit dated, but unfortunately, like, every fucking thing that he's talking about is pretty much yeah. still a problem, yeah, yeah. And it, as like somebody who's not a Rage, of the, a Rage Against the Machine fan, mm hmm. Um, this was pro. This is the first time I've listened to a whole album front to back, mm-hmm. and it was definitely a little bit more revealing than I thought it was gonna be. Um, you know, because I was so used to hearing, like "Bulls on Parade" right. and you know all those kind of all those songs, uh, the the more radio radio friendly ones. But I was pretty taken aback by a couple of songs mm-hmm. on here. Um, but starting off from the top, like "Testify," like, yeah. I can't it, as as a guitarist like, the riff. That fucking riff, yeah. just, like, with that swing beat, that... and Like, it's, it's just so good. It's such a good riff. And, like, Tom Morello, yeah, he's known as being, like, a really versatile guitarist, but I th- think, honestly, that opening riff for the album is the sole standalone riff, in my opinion. Because, yeah, there, there's, like, a bunch of, like, funk... Mm-hmm. I, I'd almost go as far as to say, like, funk metal at, uh, at some points on Short. this album. But... Man, something about the the main riff of "Testify" is just just so good. Oh, dude! Uh,
1: and um, it's it's really kind of to your point because even though this was my album when it got pulled up, I was like, "Oh, we got two Ben's albums this time. Okay, that's nice." Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I haven't listened to this album in quite some time, probably since I was in like high school and oh that's
0: know, awesome so it was almost like a like a, like, like a complete re-listen basically
1: yeah. yeah it was almost like a new album because it was in a way because it was like i mean i know these songs obviously like you know like the first half of the cd because it's all want like singles uh, yeah
0: essentially like what this album had like fucking four or five singles oh, dude, so many.
1: yeah um and and something that i did notice um the, the, it's definitely front-loaded but not in a way that's like obviously negative it's like um all the it's almost uh, metaphorical if you kind of think about it because it's like all the front like so like I said testify gorilla radio calm like a ball mic check and sleep down the fire are the first five tracks and those are the first five singles and then everything after that is a lot more artful
0: Yes, hundred percent. I completely agree with that, and I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because I didn't want to be the dick at the end, yeah. being like, "It's very kind of dies off near the end, but it, it makes you focus on the lyrics a lot more because there's a lot more breaks mm-hmm. and whatnot. There's less like testify. I mean, That riff is going yeah. pretty much the whole time, and whenever the riff isn't going, there's like almost like scratching and yeah. you know, like like very rap elements in the back to keep the driving going. It's very much like, a, "We're gonna punch you in the fucking face, mm-hmm. and you're gonna listen to what we have to say." And then the back half of the album is is very much like it, it, he even like starts speaking real yeah. soft and, and whatnot. And in born born of a broken man, like you know he's he's speaking very quietly comparatively to the rest of the album to make you listen. And the uh, everything else complements it because I think during the soft spoken parts, there's pretty much just drum and bass going on, maybe a little bit of ambient noises, but yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, definitely like. <sighs> I'm just trying to think, um, cause I, I again, I don't want to like, if we're going to do this, obviously like s- not necessarily song by song, it's a little beleaguering, but I I don't yeah. want to just jump to an entire album review. So I'm trying to like pick my words carefully here so we can yeah. set things up going forward. But, um, it definitely, there's just something about a lot of these songs that is, um, Ah, fuck it! I'll just say it then. Um, this music is like an audio, or more of like a sonic riot. Yeah, which I think, mm-hmm. which is probably the purpose. That's probably not a unique or or uh, novel thought about rage, but it's it's like it's front loaded with it's it's entertaining and it grips you and and uh, it's the things that you know you remember. The the staying power of of how like you said like the first five songs just kind of, like, hit you in the face, and they're all iconic. Like, every single one of these yeah. songs, like, has probably been on the radio, has been, you know, um, when, in, like, during that, like, we're gonna mix it up from your Against Me hour, and we're gonna put Rage Against the Machine in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I was saying, like, the back end, like, starting with Born of a Broken Man, and, like, you're right, it's a lot, it's softer, there's there's more um thought, I think in those, tra- especially with the, the, the lyrics, um, and I th- yeah. think it was Born as Ghosts, there's a really nice hook from Tom yeah, Morello. Uh-
0: I, I was trying to uh, jot down some of the lyrics that that stood out, but sometimes it was like the whole, mm-hmm. th- all the verses were just so good, yeah. and I didn't want to just have the entire song, you know, sure. copied down there and be like, you know, reading through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with that, and it's almost like uh, it's not that it. L- not that the album becomes tired, like it's yeah. it, like you were saying, it's it almost it, it's an auditory riot, and obviously that takes a lot of energy. So it's not that the that these songs become less energized, but it's like they they become almost more sit down. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. So that's on. that's
1: actually I lost my way there for a minute. Um. Yeah. So like the, the first half of the album, like a side A, if you would. Um, is very much. It's more violent. It's a lot of louder noises. It's more. Um, I hate to keep using the term, but it, it's more entertaining. It's the stuff that the news covers, basically. And then yeah. the back half of the album is, like you said, like really well put. Like sort of the sit down part, where like yeah. the, the grown ups come out and they're having a real conversation now with with complete sentences and they're getting into the like the 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 gritty details about why it's why things are are the way that they are and and what you can do to stop it um, yeah
0: exactly like even like gorilla radio mm-hmm. you know the, the whole the whole vibe of that song is almost like you know the, the title and everything yeah. is like you're listening to something that you should not be listening to you know almost like you you're, you're going to hear stuff raw mm-hmm. you're going to hear stuff as it's happening uh which is very powerful. Uh, I, I will say with Gorilla Radio, though, not a big fan of of some of Tom Morello's uh, weird guitar sounds, and that, yeah. that's a pretty standard uh, critique throughout the entire album for me, is that I get it. I totally get it. Uh, Tom Morello's going to do what Tom Morello's going right. to do. But sometimes it's like, uh, okay, we all get, right. We but it. then again, this was 1999, yeah. so, you know. Um, Calm Like a Bomb, which I... I feel bad saying, but for the longest time, (laughs) I thought it was car like a bomb. (laughs) And I was like, that makes, yeah, that makes total sense. It's a a car bomb, you know, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but uh, the standout bit on that song for me was, I fucking love that bass line at the beginning. Uh Like it stands out. And that's, that's something that stands out to me more than like anything else on the album, besides the lyrics and Uh and the, the, the delivery of the lyrics is the bass and the drums, I think are, almost underrated on this album.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you, um to that point a little bit, I did notice that as I was going along, and I don't know if it's because of the familiarity that I have with a lot of these songs, Um, but I did kind of almost, not tune out, but I started kind of treating uh Zach's vocals in more of like a You know, whenever you're listening to a band and, like, you can't really understand what the guy's saying, so you just start treating their voice as, like, the human instrument? Yes. I started doing that a, a lot more towards the back and just kind of listening to the band play. Yeah. And there is a lot of intricacies that I think did not get noticed, at least for a while, um such as, um, you know, Tom Morel and the, the base. I can't remember. I, the only, I can't remember the basis name. I'll look it up real quick, but I, the only remember when we were working together and I showed you that horrible punk band, they were called like Um, Womp Rat or something like that. Oh yeah. 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 That's the, that's the basis.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, and it's like kudos for fighting the fight and doing the thing, but, uh, good Lord, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, I can't think of his name. I'll find it.
1: But, um, yeah, there's just there's a lot of really good bits of music in this album. It's not all just like noise and chaos, which I think yeah, is exactly. is a shame because yeah. the, typically, and I mean, hey, we're all friends here, but the people that like super fucking love Rage Against the Machine are not, I think, people that are gonna immediately recognize that.
0: No, no, and and that's that's a great irony in it especially as we've seen like recently mm-hmm. with you know the political climate is that you see certain people using some of these songs and it's like these you're not listening to yeah. to the lyrics you, you know yeah. like this is this is very much like I'm not sure uh the ethnicities of the of the members i know the uh, i know tom morello he's half black Mm -hmm. and i know that uh, the vocalist is at least half latino yeah Um, but it's pretty much like you know you're listening to the voice of a very pissed off black man essentially yeah honestly (laughs) at the end of the day Um, and uh going into some of the like vocal intricacies and whatnot like you were talking mm -hmm. about is that uh whenever i was listening to it i was looking up the lyrics at the same time because like i said this is literally my first listen through of an a rage against the machine album, Uh And he switches into like, uh, like reggae. Yes. uh, Accent a little bit. And, and some of his cadences is like a hip hop or like reggae cadence, Mm -hmm. you know, that was really popular in the, uh, early nineties, early to mid nineties and whatnot. So that's why sometimes some of the words that he's saying, uh, are a little bit hard to understand. I get that. Uh, you know, so I did find that and I thought that was very interesting as well.
1: Um, the the bassist's name is Tim Comerford mm-hmm. and the drummer's name is Brad Wilk so they are extremely white yes but hey we all we're all allies here
0: it takes all kinds it yeah. takes everybody man
1: um but for sure like i and i think what's interesting about rage and i mean how many times have i started this sentence uh just tonight but the, i think rage against the machine gave gave a bunch of metal kids hope of of crossing that bridge with with the hip hop community because i mean yeah. n- not that it, i mean again not a novel thought but in a lot of ways those are pretty identical societies they're at least mirrored in a way and whenever you kind of mix like not like hip hop like rap yeah. with a, a decent metal a lot of these songs like again i was listening to it as as just as it is uh just the music and i was like i mean these are good songs, like, it's not just, like, beats, it's not just, like, acoustic beats, like, these are well-put-together tracks. Um,
0: Yeah, and and, and they, like, they they rode that line very, mm -hmm. very well, where they knew what elements to add and what elements to leave out, which a lot of bands at that time that tried going in that same Mm -hmm. style just did not do correctly, and it's like, you can't have two, you know, trailer trash white guys running around on stage with microphones, right. you know, trying to act hip Oh, my like, God. Like, can't. They don't know what they're... Yeah. Like, they're just talking about, like, you know, drugs and partying, essentially, at the end of the day, yeah. and that's not what Rage Against the Machine were doing.
1: And yeah. that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, Rage gave us so much hope, and then we got, instead, like, Limp Biscuit and, uh, fucking...
0: Well, yeah, like, keep, all the new metal that came out. Yeah. And, like, Rage Against... Rage was not new metal. I don't consider them new metal, in my opinion. No, they're they're, like, they're absolutely not, no. They're like, almost, like, I would consider them more like funk metal mm-hmm. before I would consider them like new metal, you know?
1: Definitely. Definitely, because, I mean, there is um, <laughs> it kind of almost sounds mean, that like, I had the thought and I was like, this is gonna work, we're gonna say this, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, ah, it's kinda it's a little too uh, incendiary, but they have, like, a dignity <laughs> when they're When they're writing these songs, when they're performing these songs, like you believe every single syllable that comes out.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I don't know uh, basically any of their upbringings. I don't know if they were all like, you know, suburban kids, Mm -hmm. but I totally believe just from the lyrics that if they they didn't, if they weren't living it, they were at least very, very much involved with the fight against uh, the oppression that those areas were dealing with, Mm -hmm. you know. And for, like, for this to come in November of 1999, like, that's a hell of a way to, you know, tick off the, the millennium. Oh, you know? sure. Or the, the, the decade yeah. or whatever the hell it is, you know. So, but, yeah, as as the album went on, you know, uh, Born of a Broken Man definitely was a lot more soft-spoken and whatnot. The lyrics were, were great as always. And then Born as Ghosts, uh Again, more weird guitar sounds. I, the track that actually took me by surprise that I was not expecting was uh, Maria. Yeah. I was I, I saw that and I was like, okay, this could be because you know how no matter how hard and heavy the band is, they usually have one of those like crying my beer type songs. Yeah. And that's honestly just reading the track listing. That's what I fully expected that to be. Mm-hmm. That song is one depressing. Yeah. <laughs> and very anxiety inducing like the way that the guitar and everything is working it it's creating this sense of like uneasiness and you know because it's Mm a story about a uh an immigrant coming over the border Mm -hmm. you know trying to trying to make a life for herself and it's all just uh, just horrific yeah it's a whole
1: it's a whole performance piece and that's um that's and that's what I you know we were saying like not, to, not not to speak for you but uh, you know that's what I was saying earlier where like, the difference between Maria, and Gorilla Radio. It's almost like they're practically oh, yeah. two different bands.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. Um,
0: and even like Born of a Broken Man mm-hmm. and anything from the first side of the album is night and day. Yeah.
1: You know? Um. It was you know, and I don't know if this will spark maybe a a a thought you had um but as i was listening to the back half i don't know if you had this thought too but i started to hear a lot of audio slave
0: yeah uh, definitely a little bit um there were some some pretty like in maria the the mm-hmm. refrain riff yeah. was was great um but yeah, you could definitely start seeing it. I can't remember. Wasn't Audio Slave like around '95 or something? He was definitely doing both at this time. Um, right? I think. So he was like in. That.
1: So Audio Slave was kind of. When did Audio Audioslave... Audio
0: Slave was like 2000 2001. Yeah,
1: Audio Slave was after okay. Rage, like quote unquote, broke up. Yeah. And um. When did Audio Slave start? I can
0: tell you their first album,
1: and that one came out in 2002. Yeah. So. With the
0: big flame yes. thing on the cover. yeah. Because I I as judging Tom Morello as a guitarist, I actually prefer Audio Slave mm-hmm. over a lot of the Rage stuff. The the limited knowledge yeah. of the Rage stuff that I have, um, and it's purely because, like as as this album goes on, like man, some of those riffs just kind of start becoming repetitive. Yeah. And it's like you know they like doing the like drum build up into some of these big riffs, and the big riffs will have like a big swing to it, and like a little bit of funk in there, which is fine. Like they're doing what they do. They have a formula yeah. at this point. You know that I, I think whenever this album came out, they were three albums into their career. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so they had a formula. It seems like that they're that they know works and that they work well. And, and while that got repetitive, I don't think anything else would have worked with uh, the vocal structure. You know, no, you for sure. You needed to have those big like rock riffs in there to break it mm-hmm. up.
1: There was a video that I saw on Reddit a couple years ago, but I, it always stuck with me. It was like a video of one of Rage's first shows... At UC Berkeley, I and mean, it would mm-hmm. like to call it a show is is incredibly romantic. It you know it was like a a stage in the middle of a park, with like yeah. eight people watching. But it was in like 1990 or 1991, like just before their first album came out, and it they, it's them, like it's not like wow what happened like when did they get so it's like them it's like honestly if if it's anything it's like wow they they really toned it down for. <laughs> Commerciality' yeah. sake, so, um, yeah, like this is definitely them through and through with, especially with, and not not just the messages that they're that they're, they're projecting, but it's uh, musically, uh, sonically, it's like everything's there with the big sweeping hooks and the like you said, like the 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 gentle drum into the the big heavy riffs and um, yeah, the sim- yeah, exactly. It's like They'd... simple but with purpose.
0: Yeah, they figured it out early and you can't blame them for it. No, you know, they knew what not. they all liked and they knew what mm-hmm. what would make everything pop and you know, it, but as for and that's kind of where I see how many tracks is 13 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 12. I think they could have cut like two two out of there, you know. Yeah. If it was like eight songs, eight or 10 songs, I feel like it would have been much better for me. Not yeah. better for everybody, just mm. better for me. Cause like New Millennium Homes, I don't even have anything written down <laughs> for it. it was <laughs> it's very no much. It was a very forgettable yeah. track to me, and even like War Within a Breath, the closer for the album, mm. uh, did not really stand out as much as is. I like closers too. Yeah, you know, you gotta leave. You gotta leave a taste in the mouth yeah. uh, after an album, and that one just didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, if this was even two different cassettes and uh they were just distributed differently like like separately i think like that first one with like maybe like the first six songs on it is uh um, oh yeah i mean not that there is really such a thing for it but that, i mean that's hall of fame material that's that's like uh the original cut of Kill 'Em all like yeah, you would 100%. you would murder somebody for that now
0: yeah yeah and and but I know just from like the very limited because you know right. Rage Against the Machine they've been around for so long mm-hmm. and they got so popular that it's very easy to just stumble upon information about yeah. them especially for this album is that it is a concept album I did find that yeah. out and, and concept as in they're just telling the truth about what was going on at the time for some of the issues that they cared about mm-hmm. so I feel like and that's the one thing that I noticed that even though I didn't like the it's the 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 guitar work on the second half of the album I did notice that the lyrics were a significantly more impactful in their their meaning and not necessarily their well let's light a bunch of Molotov cocktails right. and throw them in mm-hmm. in you know the courthouse which is kind of like what the full first half of the album yeah. is yeah uh, definitely the second half is definitely a little bit more introspective and more um uh yeah introspective I guess is is. Is how I would mm-hmm. describe it. So
1: yeah, I mean, even I'm just trying to think because, like, the video for "Sleep Down the Fire." I don't know if it won any awards. I don't think that it would. Um, I
0: didn't even know that it had a music. Oh, movie. the the That's video
1: cool. for "Sleep Down the Fire" is bananas. Yeah. They um, I, if I'm right, it's the one they they shot it illegally on Wall Street. Yeah, they went down to the new huh. York, they went down to the New York Stock Exchange. They set up on the on the steps outside. Um, the New York Stock Exchange, and they played, and the, somebody just recorded the whole thing, and like one by one know, they let's... just they start getting arrested.
0: Yeah, that's pretty badass. Uh, yeah, I did didn't even know about that. I have pretty standard rock main riff down for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, but... but the but the the, the lyrics are great. Yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with a with a standard rock mm-hmm. riff. You well, and you know,
1: this is the thing. So let me ask you this question then: Would you? So I have this thing that I mean I'm sure everybody's got a different name for it, but I call it. <laughs> and you might. This is a little sacrosanct, so just let me finish before you start judging me. But I, I have what I call the, the Beatles theory or the Beatles application where I listen to the Beatles and I, because I am who I am, I compare it to what we have now. And my initial reaction is like, well, maybe I just don't like the Beatles that much. But then, of course, famously, the argument, well, they nobody was doing what the Beatles were doing when the Beatles were doing it. And we have yeah. to, we have a lot to attribute to them. Yeah. So, in that sense, and then you can say it about anybody. I mean, you could say it about, um, I mean, Clapton holds up, but like, you know, Cream, the Beatles, Zepp, I mean, even Black Sabbath. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, well, this is, I mean, your kids are probably going to think this is kind of lame, but you got to understand the context that we're speaking in here. Would you? I mean,
0: it's just like, oh, sorry. sorry.
1: No, 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 you're fine. Um, Would you consider... Uh, the the riff for "Sleep Now on the Fire," even though it, even though it came out in '99, would you consider it a standard rock riff then too, or just now?
0: No, no, just now. Just now, because it's been done so much mm-hmm. now. You know, uh, like you can turn on the radio and hear a riff like that yep. forty times on um, any you know alternative rock <laughs> yeah. radio station. Um, but at the time, I can definitely, especially with the mix. Uh, of of the rap yeah. and hip hop style lyrics you know you're not going to find that done as expertly done as as they did it mm-hmm. and that was and yeah it is interesting especially because some of the albums on the list that we have are, are fairly old yeah it is going to be interesting kind of putting that in a more modern uh lens and seeing does this hold up or was this you know or do or are we judging this for what it is now or for what it was then uh-huh. you know
1: um, yeah I'm I'm still I don't think I've even seen the list since since we've thought it up like a millennia ago um, but I'm excited oh, you didn't
0: you didn't see my you didn't see the updated one I don't think I've seen the updated one now dude I figured out how to uh, how to randomize it and everything how I found it? out that all I have to do is like hit like ascending and descending again and it'll completely randomize it again. Oh shit. So, it's not going to stay in the same order. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm pretty happy about oh, that. Yeah. It took me all of 5 minutes of googling. So. <laughs> oh,
1: well. Thank God um, for the internet.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh so, yeah, the only uh the only other uh, ashes in the fall I did that, I feel like that's where they should have stopped. Mm-hmm. Cuz it definitely the 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 bass and guitar main riff have this like time is running out type of feel, because it's got that, like, kind of quiet driving force, almost, uh, a little bit, like, uh, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's, it's like a time is running out sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, even. Things are about to start getting more hectic.
1: Yeah. Especially with the last, I guess, stanza. It's, like, two couplets, but, um, he says, this is the new sound, just like the old sound. Just like the noose wound over the new ground, this is the new sound. Just like the old sound, just like the noose wound over the new ground. If he ends on that, yeah, that's walking away from the explosion.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's literally dropping the mic. Yeah, (laughs) and that's why whenever War Within a Breath came came on, it's a little disappointing. No, (laughs) no, why'd you do this? You know. Um, but I understand they might have had you know contracts and and whatnot saying yeah. you had to release this many because that's how a lot of those were. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you since you brought up some lyrics, were there any like notice notable lyrics throughout the album that you that stood out to you a lot? Um, I mean,
1: I always really felt like I keep I hate having to keep hammer on this point, but I always kind of felt like. <sighs> I liked testify, but I always felt like Gorilla Radio was kind of lazy,
0: uh, like lyrically. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, that's interesting. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I've heard it so many times. Okay, yeah. Like I, I before this album, I might have heard it, mm-hmm. or before this listen through the, these couple of listen throughs that I had, I might have heard that particular album like once mm-hmm. on Tony Hawk. You know, yeah. So, and even then, I'm not paying attention to it. So this is the first time like we're listening to it and reading the lyrics. Um, I wasn't as like numbed to sure. the impact and uh, of it, uh-huh. and uh, I I thought the lyrics for it were good, but definitely like they they were some of the more dated lyrics mm-hmm. on the album and, and whatnot. Not talking about Gore, and, yeah, and and whatnot and, and Bush. Um, but I did like the. Uh, all the Fistagons, bullets, and bombs yeah. who stuffed the banks, uh, who staffed the par who st- staffed the party ranks. Yeah. you know, that was real. That was real. None of the above. Fuck it. Cut the cord. Yeah. I, uh,
1: yeah. I I always like the uh, continued use of the Fistagon. Yeah. That's, that's like I just loved <laughs> I actually it. had to look up what the fuck they were doing with <laughs> yeah. that,
0: and then it was like it's a pentagon. Yeah. And I'm like oh okay.
1: Yeah, okay, I, I okay, love like that something. they keep making that a thing. Um, yeah. No, I because
0: nobody else uses it except
1: yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, because I it's not this album, but every time like my first like, gun to your head. What's the first song that you think about whenever you? someone's like Rage Against the Machine. Go.
0: Oh fucking bulls on parade. Okay,
1: thank you. Bulls on parade might be their laziest song that they've ever written. A hundred percent. And After it,
0: listening to this album, I totally mm-hmm. can agree with that.
1: And it's because it's, it's just like the same song. It's like a minute. It's like a classic minute and a half punk song. Maybe minute yeah. 20 seconds. And then they just did it again. Yeah. So it's like two and it's like two and a half minutes, three minutes. And it doesn't have to be because there's not enough material for three minutes of song. And it constantly, like, I keep weighing it again. So Sleep Now in the Fire is probably my favorite Rage song. Just mm-hmm. because I like that. It's almost like prose, like the way that the lyrics are done. And yeah. he had to kind of dance his way through, like how to get through it. Because um, when you read it, like this is, this could just as well be like a poem. Like not a great poem. There's no, you know, technicality to it. But the way that he kind of goes through it, and then it just like just starts to spin, and it gets very dark. Uh, like very very fast. Oh yeah. And I th- oh, yeah. I think that it's it's funny that when I was like a teenager, like a young teenager, like I tried so like this is probably one of the first songs I ever memorized like lyrically and I have no idea what I was saying. It's like that classic scene of like you just doing something to say that you could do it because it's like a song that you like. Like trying to memorize yeah. Rammstein lyrics. You have no idea. Oh yeah. You have no idea, but you know yes. the sounds and it looks. Yeah, cool. you're just
0: making the you're just making the uh, the, the the mouth shapes. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> and like now looking at this as a 28 year old, I'm like, wow, I am so lucky nobody took me seriously.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like walking around saying mine hurts Brent. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it sounds way more cooler than my heart burns. You know. Oh it's like, my all right, god. One of those sounds badass, and the other one sounds like you know you work hard. Yeah. I don't he's just talking
1: about his tile. I don't know what that means.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, are, 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 is there any Romstein? There's an there's Romstein. Oh, I hope list, so. I'm I
1: sure I put Zane's down on.
0: <laughs> oh, there has to be. Um but yeah, like l- for Sleep Now in the Fire, like the end, the the main hook mm-hmm. or the the verse is, you know, the the Nina, the Pinta, yeah. the Santa Maria, the Noose, and the Rapist, you know, and it goes on. And it's like, at the time, you're just like, okay, this is cool. Because the way that he says mm-hmm. it is almost like, a, let, 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 that it has like a bounce yeah. to it. Like a lot of their stuff does, but it's just fun to say, mm-hmm. you know, without without actually understanding what you're saying. Yeah, for um, sure.
1: And it definitely like, because it's like, it's, yeah, like with the last thing, he's like whispering to you, like, for it's the end yeah. of history. And then he just comes, yeah. like, ah, it's, it's so good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, the other bit of lyrics that really stood out to me on the album was on ashes in the fall. And it was, uh, ain't it funny how, ain't it funny how the factory doors close around the time that the school doors close mm-hmm. around the time that the doors of the jail cells open up to greet you like the Reaper. I was like that, that stood out to me not, not for its complexity. Cause mm-hmm. it's definitely like fairly standard, um, wording, but it's, it, you know, he's, he's, he's talking about, you know, the different comp, the military industrial complex and the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, for profit prison system mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that type of thing. And I thought that those were, those were a great set of lyrics.
1: Definitely. I'll be excited to relive this conversation. Uh, I'm sure that I put Run the Jewels too.
0: Oh, yeah, you did. I think you put like one or two in there.
1: Um, Cause he has uh, a couple of reoccurring bits on those albums and he, he does write his own, his own verse. So Interesting. Uh, I will be looking forward to going back over that.
0: I mean, it might be tonight. We don't know. I haven't yeah. rolled the numbers yet. Um, so what's your hot take on the album?
1: My hot take on the album is I like it the opposite way that I used to like it. And I, I think that was a little bit um, apparent from the conversation, the way that that, that it went, but I, I definitely was more reluctant to start this one. So I listened to your album first. Um,
0: oh, okay. All right. And, and it really
1: <laughs> put me in a different mood.
0: Oh, I 100%. Does. So, so that was, I'm not sure if that was the better. Or yeah. The well, I mean, it,
1: it, it We'll see how it turns out. I think it's working out okay, but because I, I didn't know yours, and I definitely knew this one, so I was like, "Well, let's yeah. see what what happens yeah, there." Yeah, that's fair. That's and fair. I gave yours a listen for like three or four days, and then I I just I listened to this one like real quick last night, and then this this afternoon while I was working. And yeah, it definitely
0: requires. Both of the, I mean, every album I'm sure that that we come up with is going to require at least a two listen throughs. But I
1: remember starting this and I was like looking at the first couple tracks and I was like, ah, this is not the mood I'm in. (laughs) Like, let's just all right, let's go, let's just start it and it's going to be loud and uh, it's going to be angry and I'm not there psychologically, (laughs) emotionally. I'm not there. So we're yeah. gonna have to, we're gonna see this with a real keen eye. you know we're gonna put a lot of the emotions aside for this album and I do think that the first and I I don't want to use this word because I know that it's inaccurate but like I keep saying I do think that the first half of the album is, is almost performative. It's very played up. Um it's it's okay. exceptionally angry and it's definitely made to arouse people um in a violent way. And then the last half, like we keep saying, is, is much more introspective. It's it's for the adults almost. And I think that's where I'm at now. Like I, I definitely think that the first half of the album is a little bit like I mean I'm not gonna turn it off and like a lot of these songs still get me super hype. But the yeah. last half is, is something that I'm actually probably gonna just skip the first half and go right right to like born as ghosts or born of a broken man
0: yeah honestly because i think i think coming back at it um from somebody like you who listened to this whenever they were in a very formative stage and then coming back and listening to it you can completely just just skip it and view it almost as two completely different Mm -hmm. albums based on what mood you're Mm -hmm. in you know you can listen to rage against the machine and be a little bit more introspective and don't need to you know punch right yeah (laughs) you know Whenever you're younger, you're just like, you know, you're downloading shit off uh-huh. all of lime LimeWire, and you just want all the bands Yeah, I mean, hell, I thought, ha-
1: because of LimeWire, I thought half of this album was Green Day, so, you know. Oh,
0: my God, we'll <laughs> get, we should do a whole, like, little thing about the shit that we downloaded. Like, hey, Red Red Wine is not by Bob Marley, believe it or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, so my hot take was that the lyrics are great. Mm-hmm and powerful imagery that's obviously 99.999% of the stuff. It's honestly, you just take Gore and Bush out of there and it's all yeah. the same stuff. It's all still happening, unfortunately. Um, and I, it, it's, for something that could have been very much lost in an era, it is arguably more relevant today than it's ever mm-hmm. been, which is crazy to think about. And if we would have done this five years ago, would we have been saying the same thing? Maybe not. Maybe not, yeah. But, you know, history doesn't, repeat itself but it does rhyme uh-huh. um the guitar work uh began to all blend together for me like i said before uh almost like tom is gonna do what tom is gonna do sort of thing uh but i thoroughly throughout the album i just kept like kind of going back through and like re-listening to certain bits because the drums and the bass in particular were super super good like the bass line at the beginning of calm like a bomb is nothing like the rest of that song, you know, it's such a weird and interesting bass riff that uh, I, I don't know, I I love that a lot. Um, so yeah, that was my big takeaway from it. Uh, did you have like a favorite track? Like, what's your favorite track now that you've listened to it? Um,
1: it so for for the two different halves of my brain, I think "Sleep Down the Fire" definitely appeals to. It's a nice handshake. Um, I think it's actually really fitting that it is number five. And it does kind of, it it goes into "Born of a Broken Man," which we've been kind of delineating as the second half of the album, because "Sleep Down the Fire" is, it's um, it's I mean I don't know we could probably go back and forth on this. I do think that to a certain extent it has some of the best lyrics because it is it's concise and it has a clear message. So even the people that just want to like burn down buildings can like get a pretty good scope. Like it's, it's like, it's an intelligent anger, I think is maybe the way that I should say it. Um, and, and I do, re- I just like that song, like front to back hundred percent, everything about it. I'm a big fan of it. Um, but I think Maria is probably right up with it now just because of how vastly different it is from everything else.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I can see that because my favorite track is Maria after listening because I probably listened through this three or four times in the last couple of days um, and initially, it was whenever I started reading the lyrics as well along with it like a couple of times I did that and Maria stuck out to me as as probably one of the most complete songs and a song that I don't I don't like feeling Anxiety, but I like that it made me feel yeah. something.
1: Yeah, I definitely get you know?
0: that. Um, and no, not that the other songs don't, but that, like, you know, it, it almost put you in the shoes of the person that the song is about. Yeah. Which I thought was very cool. Um, least favorite track on the album?
1: Um, Damn. I don't know why. I've never really cared for Mike Check.
0: Interesting. I don't okay. I
1: don't even have a good reason for you, so I don't even know if I should have brought it up. <laughs> it,
0: it just No, I mean that's fair.
1: It just is it's just one of those things where it felt like it's definitely like the hippier, hoppier thing on the album, yeah. but...
0: Yeah, it, it definitely has a lot more of, like, a rock, uh, a, a reggae rock slash, like, dub yeah. influence. You know, like, that early, that, like, early 90s, early to mid-90s, like, hip-hop, reggae type thing that a lot of, or not a lot of bands, but certain bands were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely, like, soaking with that.
1: And it's, like, I don't know, it's just a, it's a departure, and it's one that, like... I think that you need like you need a couple different avenues for this album to go down, so it's like the longer I talk about it, the less it makes sense, but it's just something about the sound. I'm like I could skip this no, song man it's
0: it it's a gut check least favorite least favorite, just like yeah. a gut check you know yeah uh, for me, it was new millennium homes yeah that that song just it's kind of a nothing has, it's nothing I don't even have anything written down for it. I listened to it like probably four times and I'm like trying to find something about that song that like the, the lyrics are great like I'm not going to deny that the lyrics Mm -hmm. are great, but I I can say that about literally every song on this album that I like the lyrics as of how poignant they are. Yeah. But something about new millennium homes. And I thought I was uh, on the first listen through, I thought I was really going to like it because that title just stands out. Yeah. Like so much to me, just like, uh, uh, actually like looking back through the track list, that is the one song that stands out like a sore thumb to Mm -hmm. me. And I was really expecting to like it. And I just don't, it's, just it's it's very like meh all right you know yeah. it's it's filler it definitely feels like sure. a filler track and i don't think that that uh they were going for that obviously i don't think that they're that they're a band that would put filler mm-hmm. on an album for the sake of filler but uh yeah new millennium mm-hmm. homes not not it for me i think
1: i think my f- like if i have a final thought it would be that going through I do see in these lyrics, and and kind of to foreshadow again, a lot of the things that he writes for Run the Jewels. So he only has yeah maybe three or four tracks that he's contributed to, but it he uses a lot of the same imagery and a lot of the same metaphors. And I, I don't say that to suggest that he's lazy. I say that to suggest that he is very much the same person who recognizes the same problems. And so like, I see like a lot of these things that he keeps talking about, um, like the new order athletes and things like what, I mean, what else do we have here? Uh, the, the factory chains, he's got one of my favorite bars in any rap song ever, uh, that finishes with, um, the only thing that closed quick, quicker than our caskets be the factories, and yeah. uh, it
0: that's very close to it to a lyric on on this yeah. album as well. Yeah,
1: and I mean that I mean these came out a couple years ago, so I mean you're you're talking about 15, 16 years later. Um, yeah, it's the same thing, and it's from a writing perspective. Um, I mean, I think that's that is interesting because. It's a thought that I had um, driving around, listening to this, where I'm like, man, I mean, this would basically be like if we were talking to them right now, holding somebody accountable to something, uh, especially you and I. Like, this is this basically, if somebody pulled up uh, a freshman year paper that you wrote and was like, you did this, and we're going to critique you now as you were then, you'd be horrified. Yep. yep. But it definitely seems like they would be proud. They'd be like, yeah, let's go, let's do it.
0: Yeah, and that all comes comes from, you know, unfortunately, the issues mm-hmm. are still the issues. They haven't changed, and yeah, you can you can beat a dead horse about it uh, in, in the general sense, but you know, if the if the issue is still the issue, what else right. are you going to do but talk about the issue? Absolutely, you know, that's not really beating a dead horse at that point, point. and uh, you know, so that's why I said like with this album. If you just took out some of the some of the dated things, it's 100 mm-hmm. percent relevant to today. Like because nothing has changed, you know, which is really depressing yeah. to think about.
1: Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been solved. So,
0: yeah, nice little nice little final thought there. So yeah, going into. Going into my album, There Will Be That's yeah, When I'm Lonely by Possessed by Paul James. Even though he's a solo artist and his name is not Paul James. Yeah. <laughs> his name is, uh, hold on, I, I had it, Conrad Wirt.
1: Which is a great name by oh, itself. Oh, yeah, with
0: a K, proper, you know. No, sure. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, I'm not going to ask how, because we're going to do the same format. Right. Um, but, yeah, I love this album. I understand that it has some problems. It has some filler. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be the first one to admit that. And I'm just going to say right now, I fucking hate lap steel guitar. So uh, lap steel country songs. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they, I hate that sound, especially whenever you can do so much more with that instrument than just slowly sliding up and then slowly sliding down to make it a cry in your beer song. So 38 year old cocktail waitress. And what was another one? There was another one on here. Uh, that I oh, just the, the lap steel, so so just those two right off the bat don't like those songs as much as the rest purely for that. And it's just, I can't, I hate lap steel. I hate lap steel. Yeah. I can't do it.
1: I was I was wondering because it's a very um, prolific noise. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, and it completely like compared to his other tracks, like you have Hurricane coming off mm. the top of the album, which is oh. just essentially him Strong. with his fiddle. Because there's no yeah. yes, it, it's a violin, but he's not this is a fiddle album. This is not a violin album, you know, and hurricane, it has a great message to it. Uh, great. It's upbeat and motivating, but also like, there's a little bit of, to me, there's a little bit of like, uh, unknown where he's like, he's, he's, it sounds like he's pleading with his daughter. Yeah. To, you know, do something. And, and, and sort of like make something of herself. And because of how fast the, the, Fiddles going throughout it, and like you know, that that like walking bass line and whatnot. There's a little bit of like it could go off the rails, it could go either way. So he's just going to say what he's going to say, and it's up to them, you know, sort of thing.
1: It's yeah, definitely a very thoughtful album, sans or aside from the slide guitar, yes. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's now that you're saying it, it's probably going to bother me going forward. I I thought that maybe it it fit at the time, but the first couple of listens were definitely passive. I just kind of wanted to see how the noise yeah. would come out.
0: Yeah. Because uh, and... there are some songs that are definitely a little bit more commercial. Because yeah. this is, like, having listened to, to Possessed by Paul James for a couple of years, uh-huh. this is his... I, I, I Actually, he released an album this past year, and I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, but it was his first album since this one. Okay. And this was his most like tri- not like just commercial. Like he's not trying to be pop country at all because yeah, yeah. Uh, he's still very much in the folk vein. But this was his most um, accessible album so far, I would say. Interesting.
1: No, I honestly I didn't know ex- like I didn't know really what to expect from this because f- for some reason I I looked at the album. And I, I didn't read anything about it. I didn't know anything about it before I hit plus before I uh, hit play. But I looked at it and I was like, "This is gonna be some Hank Williams the Third kind of shit, isn't it?"
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. The album cover is not. It's very like. Morose, like deep blues, yeah. and like it's it's very it's a very like sad looking album yeah. cover. Even though it's like what it's just a forest shot essentially, mm-hmm. but it's like very blue, and it's got your standard script on there to just you know there will be nights when I'm lonely, and even the title of the album is mm-hmm. a little bit sad,
1: you know. But uh, and a lot of the songs are very um, misleading, like like Hurricane. It starts off kind of like what you might expect from the album title, and then it picks up quick.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, that nice little, like, ditty at the end, where it's like, D-d-d-d-d-d-d-d. and then it's, like, slowly, and then he goes, I I love his vocal work that's more ad-libbing, like, where he's like, hey, 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 and then it, mm-hmm. like, kicks into it, and that, Definitely, like, walking yeah. bass line is like, do, 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 and it, oh, it's so good. So good.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that, like, that'll get me into a band or an artist, like, Full on, Like, I just, it started, like, Freddie Mercury used to do that. I love whenever guys, like, talk in the background, like, I mean, Van Morrison
0: is, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I like hearing that they're having fun yeah. in the studio. Definitely. You know, like, even Led Zeppelin's uh, The Ocean. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you turn the volume all the way up, you can hear uh, John Bonham go, we've done four already, but now we're steady, and then he yeah. said, uh, one, two three, four, and then it, like, kicks into it, and you Mm. immediately have to turn it back down because, like, you have to crank the volume on it otherwise, you'll blow out your uh, speakers whenever it comes in. But, yeah, definitely I can see that um, with this. And he does that a lot because he was a busker. Um, Okay. So a lot of his stuff is very... He's used to doing things by himself, and he likes the songs that he's making, you know.
1: Yeah, god damn, this is, like... In the the weather this week, I mean, you couldn't have, you couldn't have randomly picked a better album because yeah. <laughs> it's really uh, the weather we've had this week has just been dingy, rainy, just yeah. dark all the time. I
0: love it. I love cold and wet and rainy. That's that's uh, my jam.
1: I I can acclimate pretty quickly, but uh, it's not my preferred state of being unless I'm like writing. Yeah, it just really gets me in my feelings. So I think this was a good.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I mean, and. Again, so I I listened to this album before uh, *Rage*, and boy, it 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 gets you in a different headspace. Um. Not not that I was like overly. It's just one of those things where it's like when you watch kind of a sad movie. I I'll say one that maybe ends. It's like maybe a a romantic movie that ends realistically, where no one's really happy, but things ended the way that a normal universe would allow things to happen. And you go, well, you know what? I'm still happy that I watched it. Um, yeah, no, that I makes can, sense.
0: That's, that that's a, that's a very, because I was trying to think of a way to describe it because these are very, like, the they're majority love songs, but yeah. they're very much, like, real love songs about just, like, yeah. people just kind of growing apart, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the, the second song on the album, songs that we used to sing, you know, it's, it's essentially him trying to rekindle Something with his with his person of interest, and you know just, and and that's a hard thing that you that you hear people talk about a lot is that whenever they break up with somebody, it's like oh well now I can't listen to certain songs, you know, and that's that's very much pretty much what that's about, but it's done in a less in a more real manner, like you said, Mm -hmm. that's how I feel about a lot of his more romantic kind of songs like I described it as not your (laughs) on my list here I described it as not your typical crying my beer song about dying love you know
1: yeah I mean and that's definitely I mean and that's kind of where I think folk as a genre just has the market cornered on crying like if there was like a like a celebrity deathmatch army edition and you put all like the sad bastard western bands and artists together against all like the folk artists and bands man you'd have a hell of a battle
0: yeah yeah and it's like it's a different take because a lot of the other crying my beer songs is like i'm gonna go down to the bar now and have a good time and Mm -hmm. try to forget about it and you know this the the songs on this album yeah he just sits with it and deals with it because that's all Mm. you can do pretty much yeah um going along the list the uh, back down to earth uh, uh back down here on earth i yeah. do feel like that's a that's a filler it doesn't stand out to me too much um in the, my opinion
1: yeah the only reason that it's that it's i always cuz again this was more of a passive listen but it definitely it caught my ear only because of like this time change that he has in the in the chorus
0: yes mm-hmm
1: um, which I, it bothered me, like really bothered me. Like, like, like popcorn kernel in the back of your teeth <laughs> bothered me every time I listened to it. Cause it's like, blah, 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 and I'm like, Oh my God, I would grip my steering wheel tighter. Yeah. yeah. And then after like four listens, I was like, Hey, eh, you know what? kind of looking forward to it. it yeah. yeah.
0: It works. Uh, um, yeah, there's, there's certain things like that where, um, like he'll be uh, like tapping his foot, and sometimes uh-huh. his foot tapping will be off time, and it's like oh, I God. know, I know you. This is just how you do it, but fuck, buddy, come on, <laughs> you're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. <laughs> um, heavy. I I I love that track. That's that's definitely a lot more. There's a couple tracks on here, and I'll point them out about the stuff that he used to sound like. Uh-huh. Um, not that he's like veered off much but definitely that's more of, like, a uh, organic, like, street busker-type jam. Yeah. Um, I, I like that one a lot. And then Dragons going into that. Uh, definitely bringing the pace up and the mood up a little bit with uh, with those two tracks. Uh, I describe Dragons as, like, a swamp bar jam. You know, it's just got... It's yeah. It's pretty much, like, j- very light drums, and then other than that, it's, you know... Uh, Guitar or no, it's a, a banjo, harmonica, and upright bass song. You know, it's it's very mm-hmm. pleasing. You can you can definitely tap your foot to it. Uh, definitely enjoyable there.
1: Yeah, I think that a lot of these songs, outside of like the first couple, and then kind of all the way down to the uh, titular track and it's uh, something that I appreciate. I don't think enough people do. Uh, The minute-long intro is its own track.
0: Yes, yes. That is brilliant, because he... uh, I've seen YouTube videos of him, and he would, like, be working... He essentially... This song was initially almost like a jam, where
1: Mm -hmm. he would just
0: be, like, doing, like, a fiddle jam, and he really liked, like, doing this riff. And it's actually... I learned it on mandolin, because I, I just love that... That riffs so much, and it's very like, it's very songbirdy without it being frilly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, there will be nights when I'm lonely. It's just, it's, it's a love song that you don't want to like.
1: Yeah, almost for sure. I, I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, I think along that that line, is a lot of uh, begrudging appreciation. Yes, for for the tone for. Um, his musical choices um, and this it's just like, damn it, he's like hitting the right note all yeah. the time, mm-hmm. to keep to keep pushing that like smiling, crying, feeling. Like. Yeah, that's
0: it. Does exactly, that. that's the best way to describe it. I mean, even, like, whenever, some of the times whenever he says mind, like, four or five times, it sounds mm-hmm. like he's choking something back to, like, keep being able to sing properly without yeah. his voice wavering too much. You know, it's a very emotional song. Whenever he's not, like, it's not a breaking up song. That's the thing that's, that's interesting about it, you know? He's just yeah. saying there's going to be times where we might not... Be, see eye to eye, we might not like each other. You know, we might be apart, you know.
1: Yeah. And that's that forethought,
0: god damn,
1: I mean, that's that's a hallmark of a, just a good person, <laughs> let alone a, yeah. a good writer, but... Yeah, he
0: was a Mennonite, believe it or not. I think I read that. <laughs> yeah, he was a fucking Mennonite, uh, and then decided to just go and... Do different things and God. that's why it's like it's some of his earlier stuff like you would never guess that because he has this one song uh like I, I can't remember the name of it but the chorus is literally darling fuck you you know but he's like darling fuck you and, you know it's like with his banjo and shit that's um but you want to talk lived. about a, a whiplash of a yeah. center of an album going from there will be nights when i'm lonely to soy moriendo like, yeah well that's what i'm saying it's
1: just like what is going on? There's a lot of times where it's like I'm not mad. Like I'm never mad at him on this album. I'm just like what is going on yeah. now? Yeah, which is just what like are this you doing?
0: front porch guitar jam. That's essentially all it is. You know, it's very much like harkening back to what he used to do, but yeah, that always cracks me up because he's making all those weird noises in the beginning mm-hmm. of it and that's Yeah. I don't know. I like I like that song a lot. It's yeah. It's just so then- weird.
1: Yeah, like you were saying earlier about thirty-eight-year-old cocktail waitress, I was like, that is incredibly specific, and I don't think that I need this song. But again, I'm not mad that I
0: have it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I wanted to call it a "Cry in Your Beer" song, but it's not quite there. Mm-hmm. But it is a, a it's proper Lapsley old country, and mm-hmm. that's pretty much all I can say about it. It's it's yeah. a very much by the book country song. Um, yeah, I. Uh, Listening through it uh, again, because sometimes my listens to have been passive, and especially on the second half of the album, because man, it it is 13 tracks, and that's a lot to get through sometimes. 40 Days and 40 Nights, re-listening to that, I love that song. And I don't know, it's a gospel-type song, Uh but I don't know if it's a straight gospel adaptation. Um, I know Muddy Waters has a song called 40 Days and 40 Nights, but it was a completely different lyrics. Um, cause mm-hmm. I thought, oh, cool. It's a Muddy Waters cover. And then like listening to it and I'm like, no, no, this almost sounds, you know, like a straight up, uh, banjo gospel type thing. So that was, yeah. that was pretty, pretty rad to, to, to break it up. Um, it seems like a lot of the song placement is very intentional, um, And it's almost reflective of like the natural cycles of how life goes where, you know, you'll have bad times and good times. And sometimes you'll have a little bit longer, good times and a little bit longer, bad times, you know, but it's, there's always this influx is up and down, uh, you know, same with, uh, right after that sweet, bitter life, Mm -hmm. uh, not, not super great. I'm not a big, not the biggest fan of it. Um, but it is. I described it as like an end of the set type of song. Like that's what they would play before they fake walked off stage and then yeah. would walk back out. Um You know, a little bit, a little bit sad, but it's not. It's a little bit upbeat as well, and then ending it with "pill beneath her pillow." Yeah. Uh, just a very interesting way to end the album with with a song as depressing as that one is. Um,
1: yeah, I think. Let me see if it's even possible. To find a lyric
0: here, I wasn't able to find any any lyrics. So I just oh. just listening through and picking out what I could for uh, pretty much everything from Soy Moriendo on, and even dragons. I couldn't find anything for dragons either. But I know that's just a straight up jam.
1: It looks like I have this. It's incredibly hard to read because they've used this kind of configuration to lay the words down to the chord progressions. Oh Jesus. So it's it it really looks like an ASCII like shitpost. <laughs> but um I guess the last verse is uh, well mother, won't you mother mother won't you help me with love? F- well father father won't you bring me some love? Oh hear me Jesus, I'm dying for love. Oh, and this is why I'm crying tonight. Oh yes. Oh, I'm crying tonight.
0: Yeah, like And that's
1: that's really like the tone Yeah. Of the whole album.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean and for that to be the way that you're gonna end it, it's like yeah. that's it's kinda like the last line in a book. You know? Yeah. You want that to be you want the first line and the last line to be some of your most powerful um and yeah, I was I don't know, that that, that pretty much just kind of encapsulates the whole album, and there are some really upbeat and let's-have-a-good-time tracks, but that's not life, you know?
1: Definitely. I think that is, I don't know, this is kind of a genre that I, I, I dip my toe in In cycles, and it's probably the biggest cycle, in terms of like timeline, for me, because it is so emotional. Because I think a lot, a lot of, and again, like I don't have a, I'm not speaking from a insanely deep, uh, you know, wealth of knowledge here, but I think because. The life that these artists are singing about, or they're trying to portray, um, or perform for, they are simple, and they're small. And so, the kind of the well of material isn't that large. It's deep, but it's not that large. So, a lot of these artists, and there are quite a few of them, they're all kind of drawn from the same inspiration and the the ones that I guess are more commercial are the ones that are a little bit more personal about it and I think it's probably just lottery but this is like so possessed by um, uh, James, Paul James he or Conrad good friend Conrad friend yeah. of Claude he uh <laughs> He's one of those guys that I think kind of hits it on the nose for me. So I'm listening to him, and I'm like, man, this dude's spitting. Yeah. Because, like, I can listen to some, and, like, it's just, like, a Sad Bastard song, and if I feel like being a Sad Bastard that day, like, I'll, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But this one seems like it was your neighbor who kind of came over to, like, talk.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Then, like, he tells you all this bullshit, and then he's like, all right, well gotta go weed whack exactly you know it's like he's still gonna go on doing what he's doing like it's definitely not not even even the you know pills beneath her pillow the last lines on there it's depressing but Mm -hmm. there's no sense that that this is the end you yeah. Know, there's no sense that they're that they're planning on taking any drastic steps. You know, like uh, you know, taking their life or anything like that, which mm-hmm. some songs tend to do. Yeah. Whenever there's this the the spectrum of emotion, and there's always some of these songs are always redlining, and yeah. you don't need to. You can be sad in the morning, be okay around lunchtime, and then be sad in the evening again. Like that's okay. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. Well, I and mean, and that's
0: kind of what some of these songs sound like. There's there's little bits and there's little lines that are very sad and then other bits and other lines that are very happy all in the same song.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think definitely, like, when you, when just saying that, like, it reminds me of, um, I don't know how, I'm sure you are, I'm sure you know, but, like, Nickel Creek, how every single one of their songs makes me want to kill myself. Yeah. Um, They are all way too sad. Like, Foot on the gas, going off the cliff, way too goddamn sick. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, like, as soon as I start hearing, like, mandolins and fiddles, I'm like,
0: oh, no. Yeah, it's coming back. What's like, happening? Start, like, start, like, start, like, the blurry meme, you know. You yeah, speak, yeah. It's all blurry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's
1: like, when, when you said that, I was like, oh, God, like, Nickel Creek's The Lighthouse's Tale.
0: Yeah, I about... remember you telling me about that. Yeah, I still never, oh, I hope God. that's on the list, because I still never listened to that. I tried looking oh, it up. God. I thought it was a Punch Brothers thing. And I never. No,
1: I mean, yeah, so what is that guy? Um, I think it's like Nick Tealy, something Tealy. Yeah.
0: Well, send um, it to me after Chris we're done. Chris Tealy. Yeah, send it to me after we're done. Because I remember yeah. I was thinking like, oh man, there was that song that Kevin really liked and I want to, I'm in a, I'm in a, because I never really, like music does, does different things to me. Like I never, like, li- if I'm depressed, I want to listen to like horribly depressing things. Yeah, yeah. To make me feel better. And I don't know. I don't know why, but I was like, "Oh man," and and I like folk a lot, mm-hmm. um, obviously, and I was like, "Oh man," he talked about Punch Brothers a lot, but I couldn't remember that. Anyway, that was a tangent that was completely no, unnecessary. No, but you're uh, good. yeah, um,
1: so I mean, he's in both bands. It stands. Oh, for, I okay, think that actually, would be why. That would be. Oh, so yeah. I
0: wasn't super, super. I model.
1: I want to say it's honestly him and the guitar player for Nickel Creek are both in Punch Brothers, but I, I can't be absolutely certain about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I mean, it was a song that he wrote when he was, like, 16. This guy's got, it um, starts with a P. I cannot think of the actual phrase, but he's got, like, the grant you just get for being a verifiable genius. Yes. yes. And he knows how to fluently play, like, 22 different instruments that are wildly different from one another. They're not all strings. And he just, like, sits around being, like, a like a sad boy, like, all day. Yeah. And he But he wrote this song... About like these, it's a lighthouse keeper and he had a wife and they were very in love. And then one day, for whatever reason, she decides that she, or she doesn't decide, she she gets an invitation to go somewhere and her boat, like the, she left too late and the tide crashed her boat into the rocks and she died. Yeah. Or I think, I think the lighthouse keeper died. Either way, she jumps off the lighthouse to be yeah. with him again. And I'm yeah. like... Like seventeen, already <laughs> hormonal yeah, and just emotional. just like,
0: I want that kind of love. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like in high school. I'm in junior year of yeah. high school, and I want that love. I will,
0: I will never have that love ever. Uh, my no. love's over. It's,
1: it's, yeah. Um, and it's just like I started, I He started talking, and I was like, we're, go, "We're going here." I hope that I'm my, the, my, my emotional fortitude is going to get me through this album.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he never quite. He never gets there. Mm-mm. He never gets there because it's it's always that little like upswing at the end where it's like yeah you know, it's gonna be hard. yeah well, yeah it's, it sucks what can it you really do Bubba suck. anyway yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I need to go change my oil you know yeah like, exactly it's, it's very much that and so, that's okay some people find solace in, in staying busy and you know doing yeah. work and other people will get plastered for two or three months straight down at the bar and then yeah. and then just stop and be completely it's, okay. It's, it's, it's all better f- now. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Not that I'm saying that I suggest doing either of those <laughs> things. I mean, if you need to talk to somebody, don't just hide yourself in work or yeah. booze, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a middle spectrum that he explored that doesn't get talked about too much. And I, it's, mm-hmm. it's very refreshing. It's very refreshing. Definitely. So what's your hot take? Oh, Jesus. Um,
1: let me go back I, I think that I don't know if it's a hot take necessarily I just think that this is one of those albums where it would be hard for me to listen to one al- uh, one song individually I, I don't necessarily know and I don't think that it's like any kind of concept where you have to go through Um, but I, I definitely think that like if I even if I started it like heavy I'd have to listen to Dragons immediately after it, and I would just have to kind of finish the album before I turned it off. Yes. So, to that extent, I think this would be a hard album to revisit just because I would need to have a clear 45 minutes or however long. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I
0: th- I th- it's about 45 minutes. It, it's a, it's a slightly longer than the Rage album. I know mm-hmm. that. Um,
1: and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely, I think it's a nice album. I don't, if I had to pick like a favorite or least favorite, I would literally just be drawing straws because yeah. no, I, I think, fair. That's fair. I, I think that they're all in the same groove and that's something that there's, there's peaks and valleys, there's ups and downs, but I think that that just keeps the, 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 the long play listen, um, I don't know if it's exciting, but it keeps it entertaining, because if everything's the same note, obviously, that you're not listening to that for an hour. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think this is one... This is an album I would love to own on vinyl, just so that I could put it on and leave, Yeah. and just have it as background noise. Yeah,
0: it would be great. It definitely would be great background noise, um, and... <sighs> it can it can definitely be both because I've done both I've sat here and, and like actually like really listened to it and I've sat uh-huh. here and you know cleaned my room or right I've put it on and cleaned my room you know it's it's it it definitely can can satisfy both facets of that um but yeah it's it I think they the only track that you can listen to kind of as a standalone is hurricane uh-huh. um everything else kind of needs to be because it's either too like down at the bar jammy or it's too like nostalgic and sad, you know, you kind of need, you kind of need both. You kind of need both. And, and in that same vein, I'd say that my favorite track is dragons purely just because it's like that swamp bar jam that I really like. Um, And yeah, as, as far as my least favorite track, uh, I'm gonna have to go with 38 year old cocktail waitress, but yeah, my, my, my general hot take for the album is, uh, you know, that's just it's a great fiddle and banjo country album. Uh-huh. Definitely has some some filler tracks, and just like with the Rage album, I'd say you could cut a couple of them. You know, yeah. I'd say I'd say I would rather have ten solid tracks than thirteen with three of those being fairly meh. But some other people might love those tracks that I hate. Like I said, any any folk song that has. Lap steel when it, I'm immediately judging the shit out of for yeah. no good reason. For no good reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely I think you've probably got a more precise take on the whole thing. But I I mean I, I definitely don't disagree with anything you've said.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, I, by um, the way, soy moriendo apparently means uh I'm dying in Spanish oh, for like beautiful. as cool for like as cool of like a front porch jam as that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. Um but yeah, I mean that's what that's kind of what this whole thing is about—is to kind of get us both to listen to things because we both really like yeah discovering new music and just because you know we might listen to an album a few times a week and then really never listen to it again, you know that's kind of what this this is all about It's just exposing each other to uh, new music and bringing the listener along for the ride.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I don't know, I don't know how adventurous I got. With my half the list. But I gotta tell you, like, the last couple months, I've been listening to, like, extremely safe albums, which means I've probably listened to, like, the same five albums for the last, like, three months.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, you get in moods like that. Sometimes I'll go on, you know, different music subreddits purely to knock me out of that fucking rut. Uh You know, like, (laughs) there's a whole section. I actually might go through and edit it, but there's a whole chunk in the list where it's just all, like, oi-punk, because that's all I was (laughs) listening to for, like, months on end, you know, I just got a real bad, real bad rut with it. So there's, like, five albums on the list that are just all oi-punk from different bands, but, uh, so I might go through and re-edit that, but no, I totally understand what you mean, and, like, honestly, I would have never listened to this uh, Rage Against the Machine album Mm -hmm. if we weren't doing this, you know, just because I'm not a big Rage fan. Sure. And, I don't know if I don't know if I am now, mm-hmm. but I had definitely have a significantly greater appreciation for them because I I appreciate what they're talking about mm-hmm. now. And maybe I wouldn't have whenever I was younger. I probably wouldn't have just because younger kids don't. But uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I think that rage is uh, it's a it's like a it's a particular thing. It, it's like a. A weird kind of uh, back scratcher for a very particular itch. I don't know necessarily that I would even consider myself like, a big Rage Against the Machine fan. Um, just because I, I have a habit of like I have to know everything about bands that I like. I'm just I'm that guy.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I definitely I definitely get that way. Especially if I listen to a band. If I can listen to a whole album front to back, I'm going to try to find out a lot about your mm-hmm. band. Just like back in the torrenting days, I was never the person that would just download the one song off the album. Yeah. I downloaded the whole album. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, fuck it. I'm going to download your whole discography. There you fuck go. Fuck you. Yeah. I would always um, try to go out and buy the album as well. Sure, right, but, yeah.
1: That was but. always that was the thing that I struggled with. Especially, like, God, whenever... it's so
0: expensive. Oh, Sometimes, my God. Well,
1: when they stopped... When they started kind of like taking down, I was never big into Napster because I was like a Metallica yeah, me either. loyalist. But, me either. Um, but you know, when, once it started to get real dicey to to download things when you were basically guaranteed to like screw up your computer, so you're like, I mean, how badly do I want this whole cool <laughs> album? You know, it's like, do yeah. I really need to do that or yeah. should I just buy? And God, I got relegated to buying individual tracks on iTunes for years. Dude. Dude. That's rough. Terrible, because I mean, that is rough. What else are you gonna do up in bustling Indiana, PA? But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I definitely think that rage scratches is a, a very particular itch. I find that I go back to rage and I go back to corn for pretty much the same reason. Interesting. Um, okay. Because I just want to be mad at something, or I just gotta put this weight up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically it. And I it sounds like I've, given our analysis here, it's terrible that I've relegated this relatively in the no politically charged decent music, let alone decent metal to like up oh, it's Chess Day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no. And it it it's but if it works, it works.
1: It, yeah, I mean, hey man, don't don't knock it till you've tried it, but uh, I, I definitely think that this is not something that we talked about doing here, and I'm not sure how quickly you want to be wrapping it up. But given the discussion, like you got these two albums, you got to pick one of them. Not to say the one's better, but w- which one do you think you get more longevity out of?
0: Uh, I, with these two particular albums, it's yeah. rough because. You know, with the Rage album, all the problems that he's talking about are still there. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed. Um, But then again, we're on the flip side with There Will Be Nights When I'm Lonely. We're talking about human nature.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't know. I, I, I really don't. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. it's tough. I think they're both relevant and, yeah. and both will continue to be relevant for very different reasons.
1: So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I definitely yeah. think one's like a macro human problem and one's like a micro human problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's I, like, there's like a, there's like a, you know, throw fire in the streets album. And then there's a uh, throw fire on my heart. Album, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and you can't really, Obviously, the 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 problems that are talked about in the Rage album are not going away anytime soon, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and the problems on the Possessed by Paul James album aren't going away either, because fuck, we're human. You know? Yeah. I just hope that 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 one is is more human nature, and the other one isn't. You know. He,
1: yeah, for sure. For sure, man. What about I, you? Uh, I I don't know. I think that. I think the only way to solve this issue is to get, is to be selfish about it, and you have to just ignore a large facet of your life in order to pick one. Um,
0: yeah, hundred percent.
1: So I, I I would say that I would probably, if we're going for longevity and not necessarily favorites, because that's not fair. They're two yeah. polar yeah, opposite. Yeah,
0: no. no. Yeah, no. That's not favorites.
1: Um, longevity would probably be paul james i think okay. i okay. think it's just something that i i i enjoy being romance sad to a certain okay. m- i mean like yeah, I, no, i've that's 100%. written my fair share of uh, poetry and and sad tv scripts and sad prose and think pieces and it's just something it's like so like like the cure I don't know it's just, it yeah. just it's no, one it's, of those things that hurts good
0: yeah it's therapeutic it's I, I view that kind of thing as like especially with with dealing listening to some of these things and then having these emotions kind of like well up again is mm. it's almost like filling up a bathtub and then not getting in it yeah I think that's a great like way you to have to get in it it's okay to like just fucking stew in that bitch for a little bit you know mm-hmm. it, the, the important prune. thing is to, to either drain it or get the fuck out of the tub you know yeah. eventually
1: yeah yeah, but you never drain it. You just you just stare at the water for a couple of days. Yeah, and it gets muckier and uh, muckier. Yeah, and you're going right back in, bitch.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, uh, that was a that was a fairly good discussion. I I appreciate you uh, making me listen to Rage Against the Machine.
1: Yeah, dude. I, I mean, don't... I think that that I probably not to turn this into like a I like you, war, man, but I I mean there's no way I'm picking Paul James out of a out of a lineup. So big yeah, ups on Yeah, he's output. he's
0: he's uh, he's definitely and even just, like, I don't know if you saw pictures of him. He's a fairly, mm-hmm. like, for folk, he's a fairly normal-looking guy. Yeah. I
1: was, I was going to say, when I looked up the lyrics for for Pills, I was like, oh, he's a cutie. Like, yeah. <laughs> he does not sound like what you think he's going to sound like.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Big, booming voice. Mm-hmm. Um, So I went ahead and took the liberty of going on, I, it's like, Roll the dice dot, yeah. online or something. It's just like a D100. And okay. I got the next two, which is 28 and nine.
1: Okay, let's hear them.
0: And that's look at nine is Satan is watching by those poor <laughs> bastards. Okay, which is oh man, you're gonna like that one. And what was that? Right. Uh, 28 is where are we at? 28 oh, Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. Tell them what your name is. Okay. So these are both mine.
1: That's fine.
0: I can re-roll again if you want.
1: No, I'm sure there will be days where I get two of mine too. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. Just just saying this ahead of time. Oh. I think that's one of the best fucking band names of all time. Oh yeah. Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears. Oh, he's great. He's great. Hell
1: so, yeah. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to hear hear your takes, and I'm excited to re-listen to some to those because I haven't listened to them in a while. All right, man. All right. Yeah, that was pretty good.